If you're like me, there is always a lot to think about. So today on Bridges, we're going to talk about what's on your mind. What's on your mind? That's what we're talking about today on Bridges. I'm Monica Schmelter. So glad that you could join us. I have a really special guest here today. His name is Michael Utz. And Michael, so good to have you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. You know, I've heard so many good things about you. So I'm just going to say this right off that your wife, Melody, works here. Yes, she did. <laughs> and we love her. And she's running camera one right now doing all of this. And so we're just so glad that she recommended you so we can take a look into the Bible today. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So, you know, when we chatted back and forth and you sent me this, what's on your mind? And the book of Philippians was one of the things. Let's talk about that scripture and how you rely on that scripture to help you with your thoughts. Oh, for me, just being a man, my thoughts are never where I would like them to be, or I know where God wants them to be, just of my natural self. And um, th there have been times in my life where um, lust or worry or just the anxiety of, of being in this world gets on my mind. And I really struggle with how to find rest and how to find peace and how to find comfort. And I find it interesting that God tells us to think on whatever. And when this verse first came to me, I could never think of the whatever is good, whatever is right, whatever is excellent, anything worthy of praise. I couldn't come up with any of those. Mm. So I would just lay in bed and try and think about whatever God wanted me to think about. And I would take my sin, I would take myself, and I would get to the cross. Mm. And as far as I could get would be to get to the foot of the cross. I never made it beyond there. And I would think about the cross that he hung on. I would think about the wood that it was. I would think about the fact that there was, it was probably reused and that there was old blood in his blood and it was sticky and that he was willing to go there for me. And that is the whatever that I got to. It wasn't until years later that I actually went and looked up the verse and then began to try and memorize. I find it one of the hardest verses to memorize because there's so many whatevers. Yes, there are. Yes, uh, that there I can't are. Keep them together. <laughs> yes, there are. So I'm going to just read um, that scripture for just a moment. And I'm just going to start with Philippians 4, just in verse 6. Okay. And it says there, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting them into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Just... Don't worry about anything. Yeah. I've been worried about coming here today. <laughs> um, I get very anxious. I'm not a guy who has a book to sell. I don't have something that I'm trying to tell somebody. This is this is my message. Mm -hmm. I'm just here to talk about the Bible. Yeah. Uh, like I, that's just what we want, Michael. I, I, I'm a guy. I think the book that I'll write someday is Life in the Middle. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm not the all-star. I wasn't the worst. I, this is life in the middle. Yeah. And uh, I, I've got my books, my journals together. Uh, and I think someday I'll just pull out 200 scriptures and say, this is your Bible study for a year. Because I wasn't perfect. You won't be either. 200 will get you through a exactly, year. Exactly. Exactly. And when you talk about life in the middle, I think about life in the messy middle. Isn't mm -hmm. that where most of us are? Yes. Like life is wonderful and it's messy. It's filled with joy and love. And it's also filled sometimes with heartbreak or sickness or things that come our way. And those things cause us to worry. When I go through this scripture in Philippians, I literally have to stop at each thing. And I count it on my finger to remind myself. Because there are some times that I am just so worried, Michael, that when I think about don't worry about anything, then I have to get to the next part. Pray about everything. Yeah. You know, and to... Sometimes I have to make myself pray because my flesh is weak and doesn't want to. I am not a natural prayer. I don't, uh, I refer to myself as the one and done. I believe if I bring it to God, he's got it. I don't need to go back and revisit mm -hmm. it every day. I have great prayer warrior friends who pray on something until they, that mm -hmm. answer comes, yes or no. They continue praying. Um, but I have found over time that I am better at praying continuously without ceasing going, but I have to practice it. I'm not good at it naturally. My natural tendency as a man is I've got this. I'll figure it out. I'm going to get to the other side. And that's the opposite of what God wants me to do is, God, what do you have for me today? Today is let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you. That's Amen. what I'm hoping this time is. Yeah, and it, and it is. And so we're talking today about what's on your mind. And in today's world, and actually in every day from the beginning of time, there's always been a lot to worry about ever since the fall of man. There's a lot to be concerned about. When I think about what's true, what's pure, what's lovely, what's noble, um, I can remember that there are times, Michael, that I thought, I can't think of that right now. In the situation that I'm in, I can't come up with anything. Mm -hmm. And it, it wasn't until years later that I realized it's not just what's pure and lovely that I see in my own life. It's how pure that God is and how lovely his word is. Um, so talk about that if you could. Well, for me, you know, I talked about going to the foot of the cross. Yeah. And for me, that was all I could come up with at that point in time in my life. Mm -hmm. And I think about how holy God is and that he was willing to die there for me. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. So when I start thinking about how good God is, and I realize when I went back and read the scriptures, whatever is good, whatever is right. When I was at the foot of the cross, there's probably no better place yeah. to be to find that goodness, holiness, excellence, 
worthy of praise. Think on these. I love the verse that says dwell on yeah. these, the versions that say it that way. Yeah. And when we do that, it's not that our situation necessarily changes in that moment. It's that we are changed. Mm -hmm. Like you're talking about, you're at the foot of the cross. And so whatever that is that's on your mind or that worried you or brought anxiety, you can go to the foot of the cross and find goodness and nobility and purity. And then what does that do for your day? Well, I'm thinking now the, the verse, you're the glory and the lifter of my Amen. head. He takes me from a point where I cannot even raise my own head. And he takes me by the chin and just lifts me up and says, look yes. at me. Yes. I'm here for you. Right. And I think, you know, so many of us as in our Christian circles or small groups, and I think that all of that is good and wonderful. And there are some circles where people are not allowed to be honest about what's on their mind. They think that if we just admit that, right, or whatever, that that's going to make bad things happen. Um, now, so be careful, don't speak that. You know, and I, clearly we don't want to be speaking negativity all day long. And yet, God is a God that cares for us. And we can be honest and say, God, I'm anxious, I'm worried. And I love that scripture that you just mentioned about him being the glory and the lifter of our head. You know, and it goes on to say, when everyone, said, when everyone else says there is no help for us, he is our help. Mm -hmm. And I've quoted that verse many times when I felt like I just can't face this circumstance. I can't, I just can't with everybody knowing what's going on. I just can't. And I remember one night in the middle of the night, I got up to pray and God brought that verse to me that he was the glory and the lifter of my head and that he was my help when everybody else said nothing good was coming my way. And it gave me the courage, Michael, to come to work that day mm -hmm. and to do my best. And so that's why I love to do Bible studies like this so that people can know we all worry. We, we all worry. I think we as a church have to be very very careful yeah. because we think big sin, small sin, <laughs> and uh, that they're not. Right. They're all sin. Everything that I do that is apart from God that takes away from his glory is sin. Mm -hmm. um, but I remember sitting in front of small groups and confessing my sins to people mm -hmm. and sharing in groups so that I felt God telling me, this is a step you need to take. Yes. And as I shared that, you, you could see people draw back. I, from an old Baptist church background that I taught Sunday school for a while, where I think we called it Bible fellowship. Yeah. And I remember telling my story and it's not my story anymore. It's God's story. Yeah. He has transformed that story. But I remember people saying, I'm not sure I would have said that. I'm not sure I would have confessed that. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't do that in public. Mm -hmm. um, and no, I don't think we need to air all our dirty laundry Amen. to everyone. But people now know what I've been through. My friends, the men in small groups with me, the men in, and women in life groups can relate to me. They can say, Michael went through this. Michael and Melody went through this. I can get through this too. That's right. That's right. Part of the power of sin is in the secrecy. Mm -hmm. And you're right. We can't air all of our dirty laundry. I don't go on social media and talk about everything that's happened in my family. That would be irresponsible. Yes. And it would hurt my family. And it doesn't bring glory to God. And it's not going to help people. But I'm thankful that I have some safe people in my life who don't judge, who let me just say it. And if I need to cry, they let me just, you know, 
Because some things that happen in our life are just painful and they're dark and it's a lot to carry. It's a lot to carry. And yes, I know the Bible says cast all our cares on him because he cares for us and I do that. But it also says confess your sins to one another. And you're so right. We need to be careful. Everything is not for everybody. But some things are for some safe people. And it gives them comfort and reassurance that, yeah, if Michael and Melody went through this, we can do it too. I have a friend, uh, Rex. I meet with him every Sunday morning. <laughs> he lives in South Carolina. I call him every Sunday morning. Wow. We meet together. We He offered this to me when we moved here. And um, we have continued on for nine plus years now. And one of the things that in sharing with him, I've, I've described to him, and this is maybe the old soul within me. Um, sin is like the blob in the old, old movies. In darkness, it thrives. It, the enemy wants to yeah. tell you it's okay. But when we bring it into the light, the enemy or the light defeats the enemy Amen. and it cannot stand in the light. No. And so by sharing it with a friend, I've brought it out into the light. Mm -hmm. I've confessed my sins one to another yeah. and God is glorified in that. Yes, he is. But I also need that friend to remind me because I want to beat myself up over those same sins to say his mercies are new every morning. Every morning. And he already took the beating for us. Like when you talk about this scripture out of Philippians 2, and we do this Bible study together and we talk about thinking on everything that's good and right and noble and excellent and praiseworthy. We find all of those things at the cross mm -hmm. and there is no need to be beaten up again. He took every single beating. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And so because he did that, we don't have to live in guilt and we don't have to live in condemnation. And that knowing that does affect, don't you think what's on your mind? It does. It brings peace to me. It brings calm to situations where I am normally just anxious and ready to go fight. Just knowing that he has taken that all on and I don't have to. Yeah. But the reminder that everything I'm going to do wrong today and tomorrow, because I'm still not perfect, he knew when he died on the cross and he took all of that. And the forgiveness covers all that yes. I'll do in the future. You know, and it's, that is so comforting. It's so peaceful and gives us such reason to praise the Lord that he did all of this for us. And that's the reason we're doing this Bible study today on Bridges is to bring that kind of hope and encouragement. And I hope as you watch today and we talk about what's on your mind that you will be honest with God about what's on your mind and that you will make the decision to dig into the scripture in Philippians. And we'll have all of this up on the online extras on the website but to kind of just expose that the enemy works to keep us isolated and by ourselves. And when we do that, our thoughts just go wrong. Um, I know for me, Michael, they do. If I isolate myself, and that's what I tend to do when I'm upset and in a crisis is I will kind of, you know, turn inward. And that's when my thoughts can really go wrong. And my reactions. Yeah. It comes out in my tone. Mm -hmm. I am not the loving, gentle husband, father, co-worker, employer, employee that I should be. Mm -hmm. Then it starts coming out on everyone else. Yeah. So what do you do when you see that happen? How, what, how do people respond? I would love to say that my immediate reaction is confession and let's make it better. <laughs> but that's not it. I usually have to live in my own self-pity for a while mm -hmm. uh, until I get willing to humble myself and say, mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I blew it. 
the walls that you're building up, please take them down. They're my fault. I need you to forgive me. Mm -hmm. And I've confessed all kinds of things to coworkers, to employees, to my wife, to my daughter. And uh, their strength in knowing that I can be real with all of them. Absolutely. Well, it takes so much pressure off for all of us that we're not perfect. We're living in a fallen world. Part of what this scripture in Philippians talks about is like practice these things, practice. So we're not there. Like I've memorized this verse in Philippians and then I re-memorize it. And then I count on my fingers each positive thing. And sometimes I just have to tell like my heart and my life, like just stop, we're going to do this because I'm in such a crisis or such a whatever that I can't think straight. So this helps me order my thoughts. And I think that's important because I think sometimes people get the idea that you just go to church, you read scripture, you say amen, and it's like all better. It's not. Uh, no, <laughs> it's not. That's part of my favorite part of this verse is I did the whatever for years before I ever made it to verse nine. Yeah. Like I'm not, I, I've not been the Bible scholar all my life. That's not my thing. But what I found when I got to verse nine is he said, Michael, practice these things. Well, why do I practice? Well, I used to practice baseball because I wanted to play better at baseball. Yes. I used to practice track so I could run further and, and run more consistently. Why do? Why should I practice the whatevers? Because he knew I wasn't good enough. Right. He knew I couldn't get there. But just keep practicing. Yes. Pick it up and do it again tomorrow. And everybody who wants to be good at anything keeps practicing, right? Yes. If it's music or a band instrument, if it's that you want to be a great cook or a great artist, we are always learning. We're meant to be lifelong learners, so we don't ever get there. There are times that I will go through this list, you know, pray about everything, tell God what, he, what you need, thank Him for all He's done. You know, I've literally stopped to write down some things that He's done to get my mind to stop racing because I know we all respond to crises different. Mm -hmm. I tend to turn inward and my mind just races and I'll just sit alone in all of that and it just boils over. I tend to try and solve it all on my own. Um, <laughs> I tend not to reach out for help. I want, I take it as my responsibility. Mm -hmm. I should protect those around me. And usually what that causes is a lot of harm to the people around me because of my reactions yeah. and the way I treat them. Well, for all of us. And I think, though, what you've talked about is your lifestyle of repentance and going to people and saying sorry. That is a hard thing because you're making yourself vulnerable. However, that is a part of humility in Christ. It's also hard because there are people that I've hurt in my life that I will never get the chance to walk up face yeah. to face and say, I blew it yeah. and I'm sorry. Yeah. And it, there may be people watching today that I need to say that to. And I will not get the chance to say that face to face to face. But I can't fix what's behind, but I press on towards what ahead. I'm running the race. Yeah. It's not about where you start the race. It's where you finish. And I just want to hear, well done. Amen. Amen. And it is about where we finish. And it is about that right now in our life, like, like we're usually in the middle. Mm -hmm. And that we keep on, like, don't quit. Don't stop. It's like, okay, so I messed up this morning. But his mercies are new. So go ahead and fix my eyes. Dwell on everything that's good and right and noble so that my crazy thoughts and all of my ridiculous plans to fix things, I mean, you should see my plans to fix things. 
I just know what everybody needs to do. Mm -hmm. God bless my heart in true Southern fashion. (laughs) You know, and I know intellectually that God knows better than I do, and he doesn't need my help. And honest to goodness, Michael, if I don't step in and try to fix. I'm, I'm just sitting here thinking in the number of times where God is forgiving me in the middle of something, but I am going to work my way through it so much so that I won't pick up the Bible the next morning. I won't go to him for because I've already let you down. There's no sense coming to you today. I'll get back at this later. Mm-hmm. And it's very hard for me to get and open the scriptures the next morning. But that's where the whatever is. Amen. Amen. And that's where the healing is. And that's where the what's on your mind changes. I've done the same thing. It's like, I mess up, I feel guilty, and then I think, well, I'll get to the Bible later. Well, I don't want to do bridges today, right? Mm Because I just feel like an absolute hypocrite and an idiot. And yet, I have to understand that I am forgiven. And yes, I need to do the right things, and I need to apologize if I can, and if that's appropriate, and all of those things. But I have to keep on. I can't stop because of sin. I have to keep pushing and growing in Christ. And I think that's where a lot of people come to the place, Michael, like, well, I've tried the Christian thing, you know, and I just can't do it. Like, that's really hard. Mm -hmm. Well, he says his his burdens are easy and light, and I can't be the perfect Christian. Um, I love Pastor Phil Wilson uh, of the Bridge Fellowship, because he, he says we're a messed up church. If you're perfect, don't come here because right. you're going to mess up our exactly. mess. Exactly, exactly. Um, I'm a mess, and God knows that. God knows who I am all the way down to my core better than I know myself. Mm-hmm. And there are many times I just have to stop and pray that. Exactly. Just take this mess. I don't know what I don't know, but you know it all. That's right. Transform it. That's right. He knows the beginning and the end. And he talks about our transformation. He, in Romans 12 and 2, it talks about renewing our mind in the word. And that's, that's important because we are all perishing on the outside, but inwardly we can be renewed every day by the word of God. And I know what people mean when they say that our mess is our message. I know what they mean, but really Jesus is our message. Yes. And I, I don't look at my mess for a message. I look for Jesus to be the Lord of my life in spite of the mess and that his transformation work is going on. But my job is to trust, to obey, and not to quit. You mentioned Romans, and I have this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus comes to mind. He didn't consider himself equal to God, but took upon the form of a servant and was made like us. Well, that means that I should be a servant also. And that frustrates me sometimes because I want to be the servant who's out in front of people and show people what's going on and look at me. That's not serving. No, it's not. That's shining a light on me, and that's Mm -hmm. not what I want to be. Um, I want to be the servant who's willing to do anything. And it frustrates me because I've always referred to myself as a jack-of-all-trades and a master of nothing. Mm -hmm. And then I've realized in the last year, last probably three to six months, that that is my gift. Yes. I can step in and have a conversation with Monica. I can go build a Habitat for Humanity house. I can go serve and love on people in every situation because he's equipped me for that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good with that now. Yeah. You know, it's like we have to learn that though. Yes, we right? do. We have to learn that. We have to 
learn what our giftings are and understand that he's the potter and that we are the clay and he assigns gifts as he will. Mm -hmm. And so we have to be good with that. Cause I used to think, well, you know, I would really like to do X, Y, Z. Like I would like to be a great singer. Well, people would pay me not to sing. Like <laughs> that's just not ever going to happen, but he's given me other things and he's helped me in my heart. You know, I used to be such an angry, rageful person and he's helped me to be a, a more peaceful person and a more loving person. And I just want to be grateful and okay with that. And I think that's what I hear you saying as well. I'm just thinking about my marriage and the first 10 years of my marriage, you know, Melody recommended that I, I should come and have this conversation. Mm -hmm. um, that's a big deal to me because the man she was married to for 10 years, would she would not have recommended. Mm -hmm. I was angry. I was hurtful. I was, I destroyed our marriage. Mm -hmm. And by God's grace and the grace that she gave me, our marriage still stands today. Amen. And I am thankful yes. that I have this opportunity to live out, to finish stronger yes. so that she looks at her husband with pride and encouragement rather than the mess that I was. I'm, I'm so glad you said that because I think so many people watching, there are probably a lot of women very angry with their husbands and husbands angry with their wives. And then we read in the book of Ephesians about what a family should be like and people just think, yeah, that's not us, right? That's not us. But that it's okay if that's the starting place. What you're saying is there is hope. There's hope. It gets better. It's not perfect. I haven't done it right yet, but I'm getting better. <laughs> right. I I am I love my wife, mm -hmm. and I keep getting better every time I try to do that right. But I also know I fall short. I also know I have that quick tone, which shuts off a conversation, <laughs> builds up a wall. Yeah. And I don't want to return to that guy again. Yeah. Well, that means I need to go back to the scriptures. I need to open it more. And the more I do that, I'm hoping that that continues to transform me. Yes. And my job is not to to be where I am 10 years from now. I'm, I'm writing my, you know, I'd like to retire 10 years from now. Well, I'm not writing my retirement. I'm going to go sit down and rest and that's it. I'm planning for what's next. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to talk to her about, okay, when, when we retire together, what's that look like? Where are we gonna serve? Who are we gonna bless? What yeah. part ministry do we wanna be a part of? Mm -hmm. And what you're talking about is all about being intentional and to understand like, Michael, when I look at my life, I think, okay, so six months from now, I want to be more mature than I am today. Mm -hmm. Six months from now, I want to be a better wife, a better mom to an adult son. I want to be a better leader. And I have to ask myself, okay, what do I need to do? Like, it's good to say that. Yes. But what do I need to do? And part of that is what's on my mind and renewing my mind so that I can live a supernatural life instead of just in this fallen world. Going back and finding verses as I read through the scripture, I just finished doing the Bible in a year. I was excited. It only took me a year this time. <laughs> uh, but going through and reading it, I was amazed at just by being in his word consistently, how many days I was ready to face an obstacle. And his word spoke to that Amen. on that given day. Yeah. I don't know how he does that. Yeah. I don't understand. But he does it. He does it. And we are out of time. But I want to thank you so much for coming, for joining me today and talking about what's on your mind. Thank you, Michael. It's an honor. Thank you. Thanks for watching Bridges. 
For more information on today's guest, visit the website on your screen. Don't miss another episode of Bridges. Subscribe to our YouTube channel today where you can find all of Monica's latest teachings. Just visit youtube.com, search Monica Schmelter, and click subscribe. Once subscribed, click the bell icon to get notified when a new episode is available. Thanks for watching Bridges. And let me say this to you, if you think that you are in a mess of your own making, you are still an overcomer. It takes training. It takes discipline. And so when you're fighting that good fight of the faith, you take your story, whatever it is, and you saturate it in faith and you fight for it. Visit monicaschmelter.com to schedule Monica to speak at your next event. Prayer changes things. If you need prayer, visit ctntv.org slash prayer today to submit your prayer request. Join the Bridges community on Facebook. Visit Facebook and search for Bridges with Monica. We would love to connect with you. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ.